Welcome back to Ew, That's Creepy podcast. In this episode, Jackie will tell Melissa about a female family annihilator named Mary Beth Tinning. Over the course of 14 years, eight of Mary Beth's children fell deathly ill or died of suspicious circumstances. However, with Mary Beth's husband standing behind her, she claims that she is innocent. Please be aware that this episode will heavily discuss the death of infants and children. Listener discretion is advised. (laughs) What's up, creepy cats? Welcome back to Ew, That's Creepy Podcast. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) It's the winter and Jackie and I are all cozied up, ready to tell you some more true crime. I'm so cozy. I'm literally swaddled right now in like this warm, I don't even know what this is. It's like a, a scarf with a hood attached to it as well. If you imagine a cloak, but just the hood down into the neck. <laughs> it's amazing, to be honest, though. It keeps me so warm. And it's just like a, a comfort blanket type thing. I just need it. <laughs> I feel posh when I have it on. <laughs> it's like you need a small puppy in your arm. I always need a small puppy in my arm. True. Anyway, let's... Uh, the story is not going to be very... A beat or fun, because clearly we're talking about another family annihilator. How did everyone feel about my episode last week? Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> How did we feel? Um, that one was seriously crazy, and I still just thinking about That was to... so messed up. Like, ugh. I feel so bad for Deborah's husband and her children. Like, just the destruction that she left behind is really so tragic. I don't even know if I'm prepared to hear another story like this, but take it away, Jackie. (laughs) But here we are. Here we are. So I'm going to be talking about Mary Beth Tining. She was born Mary Beth Rowe on September 11th, 1942 in Dwaynesburg, which is a small town about 10 miles south of Schenectady, New York. She had a younger brother and they attended Dwaynesburg High School. She was an average student and her dad worked as a press operator in the nearby General Electric, which was like the area's biggest employer. So it seemed like she had kind of a normal childhood in up bringing, but she did say later on in life that her father abused her, and she said that her father had beaten her before and locked her in a closet, but then she had also said at different times that her father never had bad intentions, so Mm. I don't know. That's that. (laughs) Did she only make those claims of abuse when she was an adult, or when... Yeah, I think so, but Um, there's not a whole lot, really, to, like that people talk about, about her being younger. I mean, she was born in 1942, so it's not like, you know, it's not like how today is when they have home videos or anything like that that really shows how their family was. It just says that she kind of had, like, a normal childhood. Gotcha. She did want to go to college when she graduated high school, but... It never really happened, so after high school, for a couple years, she just worked some jobs, um, as many people do, and eventually she became a nurse's aide at Ellis Hospital, and I think, you know, she did a fine job at that. In 1963, she met a man named Joe, I think it's Tining, but it could be Tinning, regardless, She met a man named Joe on a blind date with some friends. He was shy and kind and just like a good type of guy. He had never been in trouble or anything like that. And he also worked at General Electric where her dad worked. The couple got along well and so they ended up getting married in 1965. 
things, <laughs> yeah, things honestly seemed to be normal at the very beginning. I mean, they were just a young couple who, like a lot of other people, were just trying to build a decent living and have a nice life together. Well, they were in love and physically attracted to one another, so that's all to a better start than my episode last time. Yeah, I guess that's true. It does seem like they had um, a good relationship. I don't know why in your episode it didn't seem like the two people cared for each other much. She wouldn't even consummate the marriage on their wedding night. Yeah, well, I think these people are consummating the marriage because they have many kids, as we'll talk about. Oh. In the first five years of their marriage, they did have two children named Barbara and Joseph Jr. In October 1971, Mary Beth's father died of a sudden heart attack, and I think that was obviously very hard on her. Two months later, she gave birth to her third child named Jennifer, but on January 3rd, 1972, Jennifer sadly passed away in the hospital due to a severe infection, which was diagnosed as meningitis. Oh, no. At the time, I think that, you know, like, investigators might have looked into it just because it was a child death, but Jennifer was sick when she was born, and I'm not sure if she was ever even brought home from the hospital, so, um, yeah, that was a... She just was very ill, which is very sad, and passed away. Oh, that's so tragic. That's Yeah, it is very tragic, and I'm sure these two back-to-back deaths of very important people in Mary Beth's life was very hard on her, as it would be for anybody losing your father and then losing your newborn. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, that would be really, really difficult, especially when you have two young kids already. I'm sure it's just tough. Did she have problem? Did she have any issues while she was pregnant or just after when the baby was born? It doesn't really... There nothing I read said that she had any sort of problems during the pregnancy. Hmm. But, I mean, we'll talk about a little something about this pregnancy later on. I'm not going to mention it now. But, no, it's not like she ever had any issues with the pregnancy. So, it was Well, if you have sad... If you have something to mention, I have a feeling there is an issue. <laughs> mm, yeah, we'll uh, mention that later. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. However, people did say that, like, Mary Beth was kind of, um, I don't think she was, like, the happiest type of person. I don't know. People just said that she was kind of strange and she acted even more strange after these two deaths and just became a little distant. I always hate understandable when, though. I mean, I always hate in a story when they say she acted strange or she was acting odd. What? What specifically? What about her was strange? What about her was odd? I agree. I would like to know exactly what, because I think everyone's like strange. Everyone's a little strange. So yeah. tell me what exactly you define as strange. Anyway. 17 days after Jennifer tragically passed away on January 20th, 1972, Mary Beth had taken Joseph Jr., who was two at the time, to Ellis Hospital Emergency Room, and she reported that he had had a seizure. So Joseph Jr. was kept under observation for the time, but doctors couldn't find anything wrong with him, so they did send Joseph Jr. home. And only several hours later, Mary Beth came back to the ER with Joseph Jr., and he was dead. She told doctors that he had been placed in bed, and when she went back to check on him, he was tangled in the sheets, and his body was blue. And wait, what exactly was wrong with him when she originally brought him in? She said he had a seizure, a type of seizure. But the doctors didn't... They didn't find anything wrong with him? Yeah, so they sent him home, and then somehow he was just wrapped up in the blankets in blue after she went to check on him. It's just, it's already so weird because I don't see how a seizure correlates with you being wrapped up in the blankets. 
Yeah, and then she told investigators that he was having respiratory problems when she went to check on him. So it seems suspicious for sure. But the death was listed as unknown, and an autopsy wasn't performed. I mean, it, it is the 70s, and it's a two-year-old kid, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's strange, because if the death is ruled as unknown, why would you not automatically do an autopsy, no matter who Yeah, it is? that is true. That's for sure. And I mean, it's not like it can be Sid's. He's two. Yeah. I, I guess it's that... But I guess like how you said, it's the 70s. Maybe they're the, well, these things happen kind yeah. of mm-hmm. people. But I just feel like if the cause is unknown, no matter who you are or what age, we should know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially since she had brought him to the hospital earlier and they didn't see anything wrong. I'm already suspicious of Miss Mary Beth because <laughs> wouldn't you want to know? Wouldn't you be the one pushing for an autopsy? I don't know how common autopsies were in the 70s. True. And it is a two-year-old. I feel like at that time people would be like, that's kind of, I don't know. That is true. I guess everyone wasn't as true crime obsessed as they are today. That's for sure. But let's keep on moving. So six weeks later, Mary Beth came back to the emergency room. This time with her daughter, Barbara, who was age four, and she told them at the doctors that Barbara had undergone convulsions. Not this again. Yeah. So the doctors did want Barbara to stay overnight, but Mary Beth insisted on taking her home. Then why did you bring her in, Mary Beth? And just like last time, a couple hours later, she sadly brings Barbara back into the hospital, who's unconscious, and Barbara was later pronounced dead from unknown causes at the hospital. That is so sad. I know, like, that really does break my heart. A four-year-old? And it's just, it's sad because It's so suspicious. And why are you bringing her in if you don't want her to, if you don't want her to stay the night? I don't understand. And two kids... Dying in the same, basically the same way, six weeks apart. Like, what's happening? Yeah, this is, something's not right. And it's kind of weird, like, police asked her about this, I think a couple years later, asked her about the death of Barbara, and she was, Mary Beth was just vague about it. She said, I had a daughter While we were sleeping, she called out to me, and I went in, and she was having a convulsion. I guess I don't even remember whether... I think maybe we just... I don't remember whether we took her by ambulance or whether we took her, but anyway, we got there, and they did whatever they did. Cold. Yes! Okay, I was trying to think of a word that wouldn't sound totally judgmental and rude towards her, but... That is so cold to imagine, to re- that's how you don't you remember? remember. Okay, I can understand when you're going through trauma, sometimes your brain, like, you actually can't remember, but I don't know. I just this feel seems- like you would remember the death of another one of your children with more passion and emotion than that. Oh, Mary Beth. Yeah. So, there was a disease called Reyes syndrome that was suspected in Barbara's death. It's a rare but really serious condition that causes confusion, swelling in the brain, and liver damage, but it's extremely serious. Um, I'm not sure there's a lot that can be done, but there's only, they say, like, under a thousand cases per year in the U.S., so it's that rare. And why did they think she could have suffered from that? I honestly don't know. I think they maybe just not have thought anything else. But it wasn't like they said that. They were just like, okay, maybe. I don't know. But someone just threw that up in the air. Basically. But it was still very suspicious. Hmm. So, they, and as I said before... It maybe could have been SIDS, but they're not, which is sudden infant death syndrome, if you don't know. But they're not infants, and 
SIDS usually happens with babies younger than one year old, and it's often, like, mostly associated with sleep, and this happens often when the children are sleeping. Is SIDS hereditary, or can it be? Because I I thought that SIDS wasn't hereditary either, so it's even stranger that this very rare disease would happen to two of her children. Exactly. That aren't infants. Exactly, and it says it's... Normally, like, sleeping on your stomach or side increases the risk of SIDS. So it's basically when a baby's just in the crib. Like, it's not really... It's not common at all. Well, I'm not going to... I'm not going to say that because it is actually more common than people think. But it's definitely not common at all for it to be with two and four-year-olds. And another thing, like, we're already just, (laughs) we're already shredding her so bad, but... I know, I'm trying not to be rude, but it's just like, what the heck? And another thing is, is I thought that SIDS just happened, like, at once. Sudden infant death. And she said that both of them had symptoms. Mm -hmm. So... mm -hmm. The same exact way. Three months apart. It's not looking good for Mary Beth. Yeah, it looks suspicious. So, on Thanksgiving... In 1973, Mary did give birth to her fourth child named Timothy. He was small. He only weighed five pounds, so he was a tiny little guy. Mary Beth took baby Timothy home two days after he was born. On December 10th, just three weeks after birth, Timothy was brought back to the hospital and he was dead. Mary Beth told doctors that she found him lifeless in the crib, and doctors, again, found nothing wrong. Timothy seemed like a normal baby. However, this time, his death was listed as SIDS, just because there really was no other explanation for his death, and he was very young. Um, Mary Beth said that she had come back to find him lifeless, so... Still, I assume there was no marking, no bruising on him or anything like that. No, no. But I mean, that's still four dead children. Wow. Two years later, on March 30th, 1975, on Easter Sunday, Mary Beth gave birth to her fifth child named Nathan. He was reportedly a just beautiful, normal little baby boy, smiling, happy. On September 2nd, so when Nathan was five months old, Mary Beth showed up to St. Clair's Hospital with Nathan in her arms, and sadly, he was dead. Oh, my God. I'm getting so annoyed with her. How old was he? Five months. And this time, Mary Beth said that she was driving in her car, and she noticed that Nathan stopped breathing. And, again, there seemed to be no rational explanation. And he's not an... He he is an infant. I mean, I guess you said under a year, but it just... I don't know. I Like I said, I didn't think that SIDS was hereditary, so I don't understand how no one else thinks this is suspicious. I mean, people definitely were, like, noticing. Like, five of her... her all five of her children are dead. Like, what the hell? People definitely noticed. Did her husband... No. Well, we'll just, we'll talk about him later. Okay. In 1978, Mary Beth and her husband, Joe, made arrangements to adopt a child this time. Oh, my God. But that same year, Mary Beth became pregnant again. So, they decided to still adopt and have the child. So, in August 1978, they received a baby boy named Michael from the adoption agency. And on October 29th, Mary gave, Mary Beth gave birth to her sixth child, a girl named Mary Frances. In January 1979, apparently Mary Frances, like some of the other children, developed some type of convulsions or seizures and Mary Frances was rushed to St. Clair's emergency room, which was actually directly across the street from the apartment that Mary Beth was living in. Wow. 
So, uh, staff this time was able to revive the baby, and she did survive, but not that much longer. On February 20th, Mary Beth came back again to the same hospital with Mary Frances in her arms, and sadly, Mary Frances, who was only four months old, was brain dead, and... Again, Mary Beth, it was the same explanation, really, of that she found the baby unconscious. She didn't know what happened. She didn't really have much to say. It was like, oh, I came back. I don't understand what kind of person can do that to a child. So many children do that. Have your baby get resuscitated, get revived, and then you immediately do whatever she's doing that's causing them yeah like it doesn't take i mean i'm sure our listeners can figure out like it has to be mary beth i mean what the hell there's no way but you know what's frustrating is that this death was listed as sids because there was no other explanation but i don't understand how a doctor isn't catching on being like this is like what her fourth child now that they're saying has died from sids specifically like or what's happening you would think that at least doctors would be like oh maybe we should start studying mary beth we don't know much about sids or if it's hereditary things like that maybe we could start looking into this just for our own research like yeah you didn't mm-hmm. even have to be Something. suspicious of a crime but i don't understand how she's living her average life after this many of her own children have passed away i agree sadly though Mary Frances was buried and life just continued. Mary Beth again got pregnant. Her husband is also at this point like, you need to do something. I don't know what, but you need to do something. Yeah, so in the same year that she lost Mary Frances, she gave birth to her seventh child named Jonathan. They still, the family still had Michael, who was then 13 months, and he was like apparently in good health. But in March 1980, Mary Beth showed up at St. Clair's Hospital with Jonathan unconscious. He was also successfully revived like Mary Frances was. And because of the family history, he was sent to Boston Hospital where he was thoroughly examined by pediatricians and experts. Finally. Yeah, and they could not find any medical diagnosis there was nothing that would explain why the child should have just stopped breathing like mary beth claimed Hmm. but jonathan was sent home with his mother and a few days later mary beth came back and this time jonathan was brain dead and tragically he passed away on march 24th 1980 I'm getting actually irritated. Yeah, it's really frustrating. It almost doesn't seem real because it's so blatant. It's like no time is really passing from the birth of her kids to the deaths. It's just insane. And it's like these doctors and these nurses, it's the same hospital she's going to. It's not even like, you know, those people who are crafty where... Munchausen by proxy syndrome patients often go to a bunch of different doctors and things like that. She's not even doing that. Like, the doctors, the nurses, no one is like, I don't know if this is too weird. And it only gets worse because on March 2nd, 1981, so a year after she had lost a child, Mary Beth came to the pediatrician's office holding Michael, who was two and a half years old, Wrapped in a blanket and unconscious, she told doctors that she had gone to wake up Michael that morning and that she didn't know, like, what had happened, but he was clearly unresponsive and limp. They, doctors did say that, so sadly, Michael did pass away, and doctors did perform an autopsy this time, and they found traces of pneumonia, but not enough to cause death. And that's what Marianne, or Mary Beth was saying caused Michael's death. How would she know? Yeah, I don't know. She just said that 
I don't know. He was sick. I clearly hate Mary Beth at this point. She doesn't ever have good explanations, so I don't know. But, yeah, this time at least doctors performed an autopsy, particularly since Michael was their adopted son. He's not blood. So, whatever, if she's saying is hereditary, that would make no sense why Michael would still pass away at the age of two, two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, what explanation is there at this point? It's not SIDS. It's not a hereditary disease. So, what? And you know what doctors did notice and thought was weird was that Mary Beth took Michael to the pediatrician's office and not the hospital, which was right across the street. Yeah. And again, there's no excuse. There's no explanation she could have at this point that would justify that. Yep. On August 22nd, 1985... Don't you dare say what I think you're going to say. Don't you fucking dare. Mary Beth gave birth to her eighth child, Tammy Lynn. On December 19th, Mary Beth's next-door neighbor, Cynthia Walter, she was a nurse, and she went shopping with Mary Beth and later went to her home. And she recalls that she stayed for a couple minutes and wanted to hold Tammy, but Mary Beth asked for Tammy back, like, pretty quickly. And so she just went home, and later that night, Mary Beth called Cynthia frantically, telling her to come over immediately. And Tammy Lynn was not moving. She was purple, and she had no pulse, and she wasn't breathing when Cynthia went over. Cynthia tried to determine what was wrong since she was a nurse, but she couldn't find anything obvious. And so, obviously, like, EMS got there and took Tammy Lynn to the hospital immediately. Cynthia said that Mary Beth told her that Tammy Lynn was tangled in the blanket when she found her. And sadly, uh, Tammy Lynn was pronounced dead at the hospital. There was no cause of death that was apparent to emergency room staff, but they, at this point, everybody was aware of the family history, so they were suspicious of Mary Beth. And she's not even making up new reasons at this point. The tangled in the blankets is what she said when her first child passed away. Yeah, when, yeah, seriously, when Joseph Jr. passed away, so that's already been used. Just the next day, Cynthia went over to the home to see how, you know, Mary Beth was doing because she assumed she would be grieving. But she said that Joe and Mary Beth were just sitting in the kitchen eating their breakfast like normal. And even after Tammy Lynn's funeral, Mary Beth had people over to her home for brunch. And it just seemed like she wasn't acting like how a grieving mother would be. She was smiling and eating and conversating with everybody, so it didn't appear that she was very upset. And family members recalled that she really didn't talk about the deaths of the children and that it didn't seem to bother her that much. But police were certainly suspecting that something was up because they just had realized, you know, that so many children were dying. And they did interview Mary Beth, um eventually. And Mary Beth just, of course, acted odd. She said, you know, like, you're gonna arrest me and take me to jail, something like that. Why is she, like, you're already so defensive already. That's not suspicious at all, Mary Beth. Hmm? Yeah, I don't know. An autopsy was also performed on Tammy Lynn, and there was no medical reason to describe it so it was listed as SIDS oh my god stop listing SIDS I know for an unknown cause I know and it was people also noted that Joe Mary Beth's husband was kind of just like going along with it all like he would he didn't appear super super sad he wasn't acting suspicious but Yeah, he later on said to reporters that there were things to make me suspicious, but you have to trust your wife. She has her things to do, and as long as she gets them done, you don't ask no questions. So. Um, what? 
he's like, you know what? The house was clean. I got my dinner. So yeah, seriously. She was killing all our kids. That was really none of my business. Basically. No, you have to do better than that. That's not an excuse. Like, yeah. After Tammy Lynn passed away, police investigators met up and discussed what the hell was happening with this family. They discussed all the deaths of nine children and the evidence that they had. And they decided that it was time that they had to talk about Mary Beth a little bit more regarding the death of Tammy Lynn and that they needed answers. So, on the afternoon of February 4th, 1986, police detective Bob Infeld and state police investigator Joseph V. Karras went to Mary Beth's home to ask her to come to police headquarters for questioning. And... She wasn't under any obligation. She wasn't being arrested or anything like that, so she didn't have to, but Mary Beth did agree. Once they got to the police station, police did advise Mary Beth of her Miranda rights and all that stuff, and she agreed to talk to investigators. Later on, Mary Beth denied that she ever received her Miranda rights and said that police intimidated her. We have a recording. Yeah, I don't know. But regardless, Mary Beth spoke about, you know, her life and how she grieved over her nine children who had passed away. She said that with the exception of Jennifer, who died of the infection, she assumed that her children had died from SIDS or some other genetic-like issue. She said concerning Tammy Lynn's death that she had put her daughter to sleep on December 19th, 1985, and things were normal, and that Tammy Lynn was crying that night, and that annoyed her because it made her feel like she was an unfit mother. She said that she watched TV for a little while and then returned to check on Tammy Lynn, and that's when she discovered that the baby was not breathing. She said she picked up the child to attempt to revive her, but it didn't work, and that was when she called her husband and they called an ambulance. But police were not buying it. They said that it was just too similar to the other seven other deaths that had occurred in basically in the home. It was all too similar, and they said that SIDS only occurred in babies in cribs, so all of her stories were not adding up. Yeah, and... That's so weird what she said about how she got annoyed that the baby was I know. Crying. Why did you throw that part in there? Why like, would you even say that? It's just strange. She makes no... I don't understand her clearly. Yeah. And she initially just continued to deny that she had any involvement. But as a lot of us know, police will hound you. And eventually she... After hours of questioning, she did say that she killed Tammy Lynn, Nathan, and Timothy. But she said she did not do anything to Jennifer, Joseph, Barbara, Michael, Mary Frances, or Jonathan. Yeah, we really believe that. And she did say that, sadly, she smothered the three children with a pillow because she's not a good mother, was what she said. That was all she said? Because I'm not a good mother. Yep. Well, we know that, but what was the reason? Yeah, well, we'll just, we'll chat more. (laughs) Police did call Joe, Mary Beth's husband. He was at his job at General Electric, and he obviously had to go to police headquarters. And Mary Beth was allowed to speak to him, and they had a brief conversation where police were nearby. And Joe asked her to tell him the truth about what was going on. And Mary Beth began to cry and she admitted that she had killed Tammy. Joe recalled that she said it in a very just low, quiet voice. So quiet he could barely even hear her. He said he was basically withdrawn at this point and he had like no reaction. I think, I don't know. Police, I believe, also heard what she had said to her husband. 
So they called in a stenographer and were able to get a 36-page statement that Mary Beth signed, and it kind of just recounted everything that she had told police. And she admitted to suffocating three children, but she continued to insist that she didn't harm the other children. She said that the night of Tammy Lynn's death, she was sleeping when she began to doze off and Tammy Lynn woke her up because she was crying. She said that when she got up and went to the crib, she tried to get Tammy Lynn to stop crying, but she wouldn't. So she finally put a pillow over Tammy Lynn's face until she stopped crying. And then she screamed for Joe to wake up and she said that she did CPR even though it was stupid because she knew Tammy Lynn wasn't alive anymore. It's just all so cold. I don't understand. Like, that seriously breaks a small piece of my heart every time I hear about someone who could do that to a baby. Like, I know. I don't get it. I'm sure it's frustrating beyond belief when your baby won't stop crying. But to imagine doing that and then waking up your husband and acting like you're surprised. Like, you're sick. Yeah, that is beyond a new level of... And stop having kids. Seriously, stop having kids. If you can't handle it, stop having kids. Honestly. But she did sign this long-ass statement, and she was arrested and formally charged with the murder of Tammy Lynn. Just Tammy Lynn. I'm not sure why, since she literally just admitted to killing three of the children, but... Right. Regardless. Police and the DA's office continued the investigation, and at this point, they got some doctors and people involved, um, including... Dr. Michael Baden and Dr. Thomas Oram, who was the chief of pathology at Ellis Hospital. So this is kind of messed up, but the bodies of three of the children were exhumed from their burials and transported to the medical examiner's office for further testing. There was, like, I don't even know. It says there was some confusion over the location of the grave sites, which actually resulted in the exhumation of the wrong body. How is there not just a gravestone with the person's name? I have no idea, but... Oh, wow. Two of the bodies were too decomposed for any sort of examination, so it was really kind of pointless. Ugh. All that, like, tragic work for nothing. Yeah, it is sad, but... I don't know. But Dr. Oram did recount that Joe seemed really distant for a father. He just seemed to have little curiosity in what was going on. And it just seemed like he didn't care that much, which they found to be odd. I mean, I don't think they ever suspected Joe in doing it. But they just thought that was strange. That it wasn't like he was pushing any of this investigation. Right. If Yeah, if you're a parent, you're potentially talking about the murder of all, all of your children and you're not pressed to find more information or to find the truth. Yeah. It is definitely suspicious. Uh-huh. So at trial, when it finally went to trial, Mary Beth's main kind of defense was that police coerced her to say her statement and that... She didn't want to say it. They were just telling her, like, what to say and that she felt like she didn't have a choice and she didn't even want to go there, but she felt, like, pressured to go. And she basically just said her statement was kind of coerced and that the police said that if she didn't tell them that she killed her children, the police said they would take the children out of their graves and rip them limb from limb. (sighs) And that was what made her confess. That makes no sense. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. There was a lot of complex medical testimony at the trial, which, I mean, is expected. It involved a lot of doctors, a lot of experts, just because there were so many children, uh, so many unexplained deaths, people who had to come in and talk about SIDS, all that sort of mess. 
One of the doctors did recall that they examined Tammy Lynn when she was an infant, and they actually recommended that Mary Beth get a monitor, like a baby monitor that a lot of parents do, but the parents um, chose not to. But the doctor didn't think this was, like, super suspicious at the time because Tammy Lynn was healthy and normal. But, you know, in hindsight, it's kind of like, well... If that many of your kids died, why wouldn't you want a baby monitor? Yeah, exactly. Dr. Oram came to the conclusion that the child was smothered, and that was his testimony. However, the defense obviously called their own physicians who came up with their own sort of hypothesis saying that it could have been a genetic disease of various types. But, of course, the prosecution brought in their own witness that... Tried to discount those, saying it couldn't be these other sort of genetic testing. I mean, obviously, if you want to know all of that, you can look it up. It's just, like, pretty intense on the medical stuff. But regardless, as in many high-stakes criminal cases, there were a lot of investigators and experts and doctors on both sides basically saying the exact opposite. However... Jury deliberated for three days for about 20 hours, and they came to a verdict. They decided that Mary Beth was guilty of murder in the second degree for the death of Tammy Lynn, showing a depraved indifference to human life. When the verdict was read, Mary Beth covered her face and just began to cry But Joe was unmoved as he has been. Oh, my God, Joe. Like, do you have emotion? He said, I can't really complain that they didn't think about it. They did their job. I just have a different opinion on it about the jury's decision. Like, what the hell? So Joe stands behind Mary Beth. Yep, and we're going to get into that. Uh, Mary Beth did give a statement saying that she was very sorry for the death of Tammy Lynn, but she did not kill her other children, and she wouldn't stop fighting for her innocence. So people do kind of just wonder why Mary Beth would do this. I mean, Munchausen syndrome by proxy was something that was brought up because it was like it seemed like the only reason would be she's getting the attention from all of this. Yeah. It does seem like it could have been linked to the death of her father. But one thing about Jennifer's death, which I didn't want to say at the beginning because... It's just odd, and it didn't... People only recounted this, I think, after Jennifer died, that people had said that, I guess Mary Beth had wanted to have the child right around Christmas, so she had tried to hasten the birth somehow, and only succeeded when she, I don't even know, basically got the child sick from trying to introduce the birth quicker. Wow. Okay. (laughs) That's really weird. That was what the police had theorized because, yeah, she, and it gets even weirder. I mean, some people even said that Mary, Mary Beth wanted to give birth on Christmas Day so it would be a reincarnation of her father. Even though the baby is a girl, it's just odd. But people say, that was one thing that I read. And at first I was like, okay, is that just people saying in retrospect, like making up some BS? But I think it's very interesting that two of Mary Beth's children, one of her child, uh, Timothy, I believe, was born on Thanksgiving Day and five pounds a little on the light side. Yeah. And then another one of her children was born on Easter Sunday. That is weird. So it kind of seems like, is this all coincidental events that she's getting attention from? Yeah. Extra attention? Ew, that reminds me of Hereditary or something. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Mary Beth did go in front of a parole bro- parole board before... But it did not go well. I believe it was in 2007. And she, you know, did admit in front of the parole board that she smothered Tammy Lynn with the pillow. She, They asked why. And she said, 
Two things that I wanted in life was to be married to someone who cared for me and to have children. And other than that, I can't give you a reason. I don't even know how that's a reason. Uh, what about you wanting things in life is relevant to that question? Yeah. She said, again, that SIDS was what caused the death of her other children. She said, when I look back, I see a very damaged and just a messed up person, and I have tried to become a better person while I was here, trying to be able to stand on my own and ask for help when I needed others when they need it. Sometimes I try not to look in the mirror, and when I do, I just, there's no words that I can express now. I feel none. I'm just, just none. So... She has done a good amount of volunteer work and, like, good stuff while she has been in prison. Joe, her husband, does visit her, was visiting her every month, and they were still together and all that stuff. She was denied parole that time, but after serving 31 years of her life sentence, she was released in 2018 and is living back in... Schenectady County, New York, with her husband. With Joe. With uh-huh. His... Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. And are they, are they going to look into the deaths of her other children? Can they prosecute that? I don't and... think they are, but... So, Mary... The last thing I'll say is that Mary Beth and Joseph did submit to numerous medical examinations over the years to search for a cause... And really nothing came out of it. So even to this day, the doctor, Baden, who was involved, says there's no known genetic disease that can cause sudden death in healthy children. It's so annoying to me that it's annoying to me the fact that she got away with this for so long. And it's even more frustrating that that entire time she was behind bars, she was able to get paroled and get out of prison like, why is no one investigating the death of her other children? Oh, it's so clear. Like, it, it, I'm sorry. There's just no other way. Something didn't happen to them. And I think she really should be charged with the children who... I don't... It, and it's so sad, but since there were nine children, I don't even remember which ones were, like, which without looking through my notes. But she should have been charged with the ones where she brought the child there and took them back and then brought them back dead. I'm not totally convinced her husband was innocent in all of this either. But it always seemed like he was at work or something when it happened other than Tammy Lynn. He was asleep. But it's just he doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, is that why Mary Beth is doing it? Is she trying to even get her husband's attention? Like, I have no idea. And I don't want to be intrusive, but clearly they're still having sex if they're having this many kids. So I don't know if they're purposely trying to get pregnant. I thought for sure at some point you were going to say that she tried to kill her husband. Oh, shit. I meant to say, actually, I'm so glad you said that. There was suspicions that she tried to poison her husband. But literally, that's all articles say is that there were suspicions. And one article even said that she admitted to slowly poisoning her husband. But there was no detail on it. There was no. Yeah. But there was no detail on it. There was no saying of like what she could have poisoned. I don't know. They just threw articles, threw that in there. Joe, I need to, like, we need to speak with you. You possibly were poisoned by her and she's doing all of this, killing your children and you're just going on with your life. Yeah, and it's not a traditional family annihilator where she didn't kill her spouse, but, I mean, apparently she might have tried. She might have tried. And nine children well jennifer but even then that's like doctors speculated that somehow she caused jennifer's death by trying to give birth early i need more information on how she potentially tried to poison joe and i also need them to yeah investigate the death of her other children i feel like they're still investigating that could be done i know it's been some quite some time i know she's older i know she did serve some time but i'm sorry it's bullshit Yeah, I mean, it's a life sentence. It should have been a life sentence. It's, what the hell? And it's a child. Like, is there not more weight to that? I know. There is when it's men. It's kind of like, okay, it should be for women, too. What the hell? And she smothered them with a pillow. That's pretty violent, I'd say. 
But let us know what you guys think about this one. I mean... I could literally go off about this. I know. But I feel like it's one of those where it's so self-explanatory. Yeah. I'm sure everyone is thinking Everyone's opinion is going to be, like, the same. There's nothing we can add. Right. (laughs) That's different. I know. Everything is just going to be, like, I'm pissed off now. But I can't believe I'd never heard of this case either. I know. It did happen in the 70s. And why? And she was released in 2018. You would have thought that people would have talked about it. I think it it came back a little bit in the last couple years. You know, it gained a little bit of traction, but I definitely had never heard of it. Um, Like, there should be a documentary about this. I need more information. I do know for our listeners across the pond that maybe this case will be stirred up a little more because there was a nurse who's currently, I think, on trial for killing many many children that Mm -hmm. she was taking care of as a nurse so i mean i know they're not like extremely similar but death of many kids who are in your care same type of sad very very sad scenario wow so if we do have any listeners across the pond let us know if you guys are keeping up with that case or just anywhere in the world let us know if you guys are keeping up with that case and what your thoughts are Yeah, and let us know in general if you guys have heard about this case. I definitely had never heard about this. That was not a good one, Jackie, but that was... That was a crazy episode to find. Like, with all the deadly women I watched, I can't believe I'd never seen this. I on do an think there is a deadly woman, which was, I swear I saw one, but it's like I don't think I'd ever seen it because it didn't sound familiar. Wow. But I'm sure it would be dramatic as hell. <sighs> Mary Beth. Girl. With the age. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Ew, That's Creepy. Um, These last two weeks were definitely a little rough, but like we said, we wanted to talk about these women in these situations. There's always so much talk about men who do these crimes, but women have their own different ways, sometimes, oftentimes more sneaky and calculated Mm -hmm. and not... And if your gut is telling you something is weird, then something's weird. Always trust your gut. Yep. And always listen to you. That's creepy podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Shameless plug. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening to another episode. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at you. That's creepy podcast. Or send us an email at you. That's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.